Welcome to Grid Talk. Today we're here to review the 2023 Singapore Grand Prix qualifying. My name is Ruby Price and joining me we have Grid Talk co-host Tom Downey. Hello. And from Hit the Apex, Jawad Yacoub. G'day. Uh, but before we get onto this episode, we must thank our sponsor, Bet Online. Bet Online, your number one source for all your betting needs. Get the latest odds, lines, and matchup reports for baseball, boxing, golf, and more. Bet Online is your number. Uh, no, Bet Online continues to be the fastest and easiest way to place your wages, including live betting in your favorite casino and card games available to play right from your phone. Head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and get in on the action. Remember to use the promo code BELIEVE, that's B-L-E-A-V, for your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet online, where the game starts. But traffic, traffic everywhere, not a car to pass. We saw shunt, we saw blocks. Most importantly, we saw Carlos Sainz take pole in an insanely close qualifying session where the finest of margins made all the difference. But where were Red Bull? We'll get to that. Um, but put it this way, they weren't in Q3. Um, firstly, though, we do just have to talk about the traffic. You know, it was decided after a driver briefing to not impose a maximum lap time in qualifying. Um, but, the, you know, we saw in Monza last time out, um, you know, talk about Ferrari not quite making that maximum lap time in qualifying and then it being basically disregarded as soon as the session finished. They decided after a driver briefing to not bring it in. But Jawed, um, firstly, do you think that would have solved the issues today if we had had a maximum lap time that drivers had to, you know, make up on their, you know, leaving the pits to start in a flying lap? I mean, it's all good and well that they had that in place at Monza. You know, you need something because this is just getting ridiculous and whatever they talk about in their driver's briefings, who knows. But it's it's not a look good look for the sport, first of all. It looks pretty amateurish uh, that they're all squabbling over the same real estate. At the end of the day, something has to give. And, you know, I always fear that in an instance like this, there's going to be someone who gets caught napping and someone on a fast lap and particularly, you know, around the corner, the final corner where we saw pretty nasty accident in Q1. What if someone gets caught out there and we have two cars come together, for example? So, you know, you can talk about F1 being all about pushing it to the limit and, you know, getting every single little bit of um you know, advantage you can. This is just stupid, I think. It's nothing to do with, oh, let's get an advantage or let's, you know, get ahead of the other guy. It is absolutely stupid in my mind. So, you know, something needs to be done. I thought Monza was probably one of the worst tracks you would see it during the year. But yeah, what we saw today in Singapore and now we've got, as a as a result of that, we've got well, how many um, investigations that we're awaiting for the stewards to come back at us with. And, you know, as a result, we don't have a, you know, proper grid order yet for the Grand Prix either or classification after qualifying. So, I mean, we've got the provisional stuff, but we want to know where, you know, everyone's going to be when penalties are applied or if penalties are going to be applied in this instance. So, yeah, you know, I'm hoping if they do impose uh, the minimum lap time rule that we did see in Monza for future Grand Prix um, that, you know, the FIA, the stewards can be a bit more strict about it and, you know, really draw the line in the sand with the drivers because it seems like 
unless they actually get in trouble and are, and are penalised and slapped, um, not slapped on the wrist, but, you know, they play hardball with it, that nothing's going to change in the future. Yeah, absolutely. And it, you are right to mention there are so many drivers under investigation for alleged blocking. Um, it's probably worth putting one big asterisk over like our current result um, of, of what we're going to go through with this podcast. If there is breaking news, we'll try to adapt to that. But of course, we can only go off what we're uh, working with currently. Tom, with so many drivers, you know, being uh, investigated for alleged blocking, um, you know, there's talk about, you know, making changes to the qualifying format for other reasons, but is traffic one potentially one of the reasons as to why we maybe need to look into um, a different qualifying format? You know, we do we've we've seen twenty cars on track at the same time in this uh, qualifying session today, and that led to traffic. Do we need to maybe see you know a scenario where there's sixty minutes to just set one qualifying lap, and you can only have one car out at a time, and it's just get to the track first, something like that? I don't think so. No, because F one is tried and tested and ultimately failed with quite a few different qualifying sets of, uh, I say sets of, you know, quite a few different qualifying um, formats over the years. You know, the, the less said about the ill-fated 2016 um, round-robin Elim, what on earth, why is said wearing jeans um, type knockout, the better. You know, that was, um, that. yeah, you know, we've, we've, we've looked at different, sort of like quality options before. And ultimately, you know, qualifying is one of the things in F1 at the moment which doesn't need to be changed, in my opinion, in terms of the format anyway. When we start looking at how the format is run or how the session is run, I think that's where we need to start having some different conversations because that many cars backed up, you know, at, at... you know, at, at the back of the circuit. And we've seen it, like Jared said, we've seen it in Monza. We saw it in Austria. You know, we've seen it in all sorts of places where a car will be on a flying lap. And because someone else is trying to get a, get a hot lap in quicker, um, you, you know, you've, you've then got, you know, sort of like three, four. In, you know, in today we had, what, six cars, um, I think, you know, sort of all blocking in, in the final sector. Um, you know, I've I, I got to be honest, I generally couldn't count how many cars it was. And, it's, you know, it, it does make you think, like, you know, what can... These are all professional drivers, and they are drivers who are at the top of their game, apart from Lance Stroll, who's absolutely useless. Um, but Jared's got him in the show, so lucky him. Um, uh, I just had to get my piece in. Um, you, you know, they're, they're all professional drivers, you know, and they're, they're all, you know, up, uh, they're all in, in the sort of like upper echelons of motorsports. So they should be good. You know, they should be... They should be able to get through a field without... Sort of like causing incident, and they sh- and also drivers who are on a cool lap, they should have their engineers in their ear saying, "Right, you you you've got X Y Z who is five point six, four point five, three point four, whatever behind you know, on on a hot lap, stay off the racing line." You know, yes, the cars have mirrors. It's not you know they're not great. Their engineers or you know their team representatives can certainly help to say you know you've got people on a hot lap, but they just need to be more disciplined. That's it. And I think imposing perhaps a sort of you know a, a minimum sort of like lap time. To stop people driving unnecessarily slowly, I think that could be one way of going. But who knows? I think it's a maximum lap time that's going to stop them from being slowly, as opposed to a minimum lap time. That would yeah, probably that would, encourage that the would, slowness. That would, sorry, <laughs> yeah. Thank you for that. Yeah. yeah. Um. But you know, like 
yeah, some very good suggestions there. Like, ultimately, there just needs to be so much more awareness. And I don't know about um, the listeners, but I was getting rather frustrated with just so many, you know, oh, we'll investigate after the session whilst there are no cars on track. You know, there's literally nobody making anything new going on during this session. Just take five seconds to look at two onboards, you know, who's going slowly. You don't need to speak to them all of the time. Um, but yeah, we, we will get to um, potential penalties when, you know, we get to them. But, you know, now let's actually take a look at the current provisional grid for tomorrow. As we said, you know, there may or may not be some swap around, but one driver who, if he even makes it into, um, you know, the race tomorrow with the shunt that he had in Q1. Lance Stroll starting P20 for Aston Martin, his teammate uh, Fernando Alonso in P7. Um, firstly, Jawad, um, talk me through Stroll's incident and, you know, was there anything really that could have been done to avoid it? Um, without sounding horrible, perhaps, you know, driving the car a bit better. Like, yeah, there's... He... In the lead up into it, we had the onboard um, live with him going through the final sector, and he just looked like he wasn't in control at all of that car. And um, I was like, wow, this is really scrappy. And then, yeah, when he lost it um, on the outside apex going into the final corner, uh, you know, common mistake that I do in the video game all the time. Um, and first of all, Really happy to see him walk away from it as well and just heard as well that he's been given the all clear by the medical staff as well. So that's all good. So it's now up to the team, see if they can get that car rebuilt and um, start him tomorrow, possibly from the pit lane and whatnot. But yeah, just, you know, I'm going to reference um, Tom Tom's discussion and talk about it on one of the shows last week and pretty much add to it by saying that I feel the same in the fact that it's it's becoming painful to have to say negative things about Stroll all the time because, you know, we don't wish negative things upon anyone and it's not like we dislike him as a driver or, you know, we're trying to hate on him. But after how many years in F1 and this year driving for a team that, as we've seen in the hands of Fernando Alonso, has been capable of finishing on the podium and, you know, potentially battling for third in the Constructors' Championship as well, that more is needed. And when you see this, an incident like this, it's just like, well, you know, there goes a whole lot of points that could have potentially helped us in the championship. And when they do their end of year review, if, if you know, they even do a review into this sort of thing with, with Stroll and Stroll Senior, you know, any other organization would be like, right, well, isn't this a liability now? We've got a really capable reserve driver in Filippo Drogovic on the sidelines who, you know, if we put him in the car, he might do some really good things. He might score podiums and points and stuff like that. But, yeah, you know, again, happy to see him walk away and that he's unharmed, but it's just becoming a, a common sight at the moment where Stroll is just underwhelming and doing silly things and, you know, 
Bahrain was a long time ago and, you know, we can't keep blaming the fact that, you know, he had that preseason crash and whatnot. So, you know, yeah, not nothing more to add on Stroll as far as Alonso is concerned as well. A little bit disappointed because Singapore was one of those races where Aston Martin targeted pretty early on as being one of those tracks where they would be able to, you know, potentially challenge for pole position or um, for the race win against Red Bull. But, you know, with the fact that their development has kind of gone downhill through the season and the likes of, you know, Ferrari are proving to be a bit more proficient on on certain tracks and McLaren being up there, Mercedes as well. Um, it's kind of, you know, no surprise, but then disappointing that Alonso was only seventh fastest. So we'll see if he can craft together something in the race as he always does. But um, yeah, not not the greatest of days for Aston Martin, I've got to say. Yeah, absolutely. And certainly being P7 when there are two cars that would usually be ahead of you in qualifying being behind you, you know, that should be that that should be Fernando Alonso and Aston Martin's prime territory for capitalizing on something. And they haven't, you know, they are P7 and P20. And, you know, the less said about one of them, the better. But moving on to another team for which saying uh, less tends to be more. Alfa Romeo currently um, starting P17 with uh, Guan Yu Zhou, P16 with Valtteri Bottas. Apparently they brought up grades. It didn't seem to do anything, but ultimately, you know, Q1 was curtailed. We wouldn't have known really if they were going to improve. Tom, anything you want to say on the Alfa Romeos? Um, Is the silence for dramatic effect or... Um... I just... I, I I have nothing to say. So here we go. Um, I mean, just they're just treading water. They're, they're so uninspiring. You know, they've... They qualified what piece looking at Bottas P16 and Joe P19, and they've signed up the same drivers for, for, for next year. It's like, you know, do, honestly, if they were a meal deal, they'd be plain ham, bottle of water, and ready salted crisps. They're that boring. And it's just, you know, it's just like, you know, I, it's just, I don't know what to, what, what to say or, you know, you know, because yeah, we've got Audi coming in in a couple of years, and, you know, there's sort of slow legit feeding that in. You know, next season is make or break for Joe, I'd say, because he'll be three seasons in, and then by that point he'll be sink or swim. Um, you know, on a circuit where you know the sort of like the sort of you know like peaky higher downforce type setup, like when they did quite well in Hungary, they've done awful here. So I don't, you know, I, I don't. There's, there's nothing. They're just boring, man, and they'll probably like become trun- they'll probably trundle around at the back and. They might pick up a point if there's some shenanigans in front of them. I doubt it, but they're just, uh, yeah, you know, you know, they're, they're just, just give us something, you know, just give us a glimmer of hope, like you did in Hungary. You, you know, they're just, you know, how can they be so like just anonymous and, you know, their performances are so lackluster. They need to do better. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, when you think about the history that the Sauber team has and, you know, they're a team that have challenged for podiums, they're a team that, you know, have fought tooth and nail for, like, existence. And, you know, whilst having the security that, you know, a brand like Alfa Romeo has, um, they've obviously got Audi coming through, like, show some of that. That's all we're asking for. Um, But... Yeah, out in Q1 and 
of course, with the Stroll crash, we don't know if they would have actually made it through into Q2. Um, but the team, maybe one driver very much unlucky to be out in Q1, um, one driver lucky to be you know, not out in Q1, certainly, um, Jawad. Williams, we've got Logan Sargent starting P18, Alex Albon starting P14. When we cut to Albon's onboard during that Q1 lap, it didn't look like a good lap. And granted, it put him three tenths off, but there was so much track evolution going on. I don't think he would have actually made it through to Q2 if there hadn't have been that interruption. Yeah, so it was a bit of a tale of, um, you know, two mixed fortunes for both the Williams drivers and perhaps a little uh, return back to earth as well after a couple of good races in recent times. But um, Sargent, I think he's another driver that's being looked at by the stewards for impeding on Lance Stroll at turn eight during Q1. So interesting to see what um, that will bring, uh, that'll come back with. But yeah, Albin definitely looking um, or the car looking out of sorts. I mean, it's a shame because the liveries on them are quite gorgeous. You put golf colours on anything, it'll make them look um, quite gorgeous in, in motorsport. But, yeah, you know, from, from 14th, it's it's going to be tricky for Alex to really do anything unless there is a race of attrition, which, you know, we do see often in Singapore. Um, and, yeah, you know, I guess lucky in many ways that, you know, while his teammate, um, got caught out by the red flag because of the stroll crash uh, that, you know, it almost saved him from someone like a Sonoda jumping ahead or Piastri even because, yeah, Piastri was definitely someone who was caught out by that, which uh, we'll get to a bit later. I mean, we'll get to Piastri right now, in fact. Um, another driver who was caught out by Stroll's incident, uh, Tom Downey, like obviously we can't really talk too much about the qualifying session for Oscar Piastri um you know unfortunate placement on track and unfortunate driving uh, well unfortunate driver within one of the teams um but what can Piastri do tomorrow that McLaren has looked pretty switched on uh, this weekend in Singapore um you know is is there any hope for Piastri can he get a points position perhaps tomorrow i think a points position is going to be quite the ask given the nature of the circuit. However, you know, Singapore perhaps not quite as difficult to overtake as as, as we give it credit for. I'm not saying it's easier by any chance, by the way. Um I don't know why I said it like that either. Um you know, it's especially with that last sector, you know, in, instead of having the the sort of like almost zigzags, you know, having that slightly straighter run through to the through to the double kink of that left hander at the end. That might make it a bit easier. That might make it a bit, um, yeah. That that might provide some more options for for overtaking. You know, because specific guy then slips streams and goes around the corner. Could see a, you know a bit, bit of a bit of move into turn one and then perhaps perhaps some switchbacks and all the rest of it. Who knows? Um, that McLaren has got pace and and um, I was going to say Norris. Um, I was going to say Lando Piastri. Third time lucky. Um, will have um, you know. He, you know, especially you know, in the first couple of laps, you know, he'll have he'll have DRS after lap three, obviously. You know, so that that nice long run down Raffles Boulevard, you know, where Max had a fat set fat set of elevens is last year. You know, um, he can he can potentially you know get get a get a good move down there, start picking off some slow moving cars. I think we'll probably expect to see some other cars falling backwards. You know, 
people like Haas, which we'll get to later on. Um, so, you know, I think he'll move up the order that way naturally. Uh, he'll probably dispatch of, um, you know, you know uh, Bottas in front of him, maybe even off the line. I think points might be a bit of a stretch because it's 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 a long hot race um so you know i think it'll be it'll probably be more focused on keeping the car in one piece but i think a p10 given the pace of that mclaren maybe maybe quite possibly maybe who knows the race is tomorrow um but a team that um have very much been a who knows kind of scenario recently, Jawad. Alpha Tauri, um, Sonoda starting P15, having not set a lap time in Q2. Um, the first lap time being, you know, allegedly blocked by Max Verstappen. The second lap time being because he locked up. Um, but Lawson um, knocking out Max Verstappen, putting himself into um, Q3 by just going into P10. He's ultimately qualified P10 ahead of Verstappen. Um, like, obviously, we, we've been praising Lawson's attitude, the way he's come into Formula One, like having been a replacement driver for a replacement driver. Um, but it was certainly an impressive display today. Yeah, very much so. Impressive display. And, you know, just hearing what Tom was saying earlier about this being such a grueling race and, you know, a real endurance test, especially for a rookie because, you know, the junior formula don't race at, at, at a track like Singapore. So it is, you know, he along with the like Sergeant Piastri, this is their first time here. And, you know, being in a position as he is in 10th, you know, there could be potential for points and, you know, not saying that it'll it'll happen yet, don't want to put the curse on him, but imagine if he did score points, you know, in a car as bad as that Alpha Tauri has been this season at a track and as a, a race is as difficult as Singapore, you know, what's that going to do for Red Bull hierarchy and um, the decisions that, you know, they're going to make? Of course, there's going to be a lot of questions asked about, you know, uh, previous decisions that they've made, you know, we can criticise them and, you know, just dump on them as much as we can. You know, I, I personally love dumping on, on Red Bull and decisions they've made. So, you know, we can hear all about that another time. But, yeah, Lawson, just incredible performances. And he's only had a couple of... <laughs> Only had a couple of races so far to be able to show what he can do. And, um, yeah, you know, this is probably his biggest test yet. And um, we'll see how we go. Sonoda, unfortunately, um, didn't end up setting a lap time in, lap time in Q2, I believe. So, um, yeah, really had a messy Q1. And I guess, yeah, you know, he just has to sort of do what he can from 15th and hope that he doesn't end up being a casualty as they're... Um, inevitably will be oh well he had an issue in q2 so there you go so yeah hopefully he doesn't end up being a casualty in the races there usually is expected in singapore yeah quite a lot of casualties in singapore usually a race of attrition um who knows we could even see only 10 finishes tomorrow um but yeah uh obviously um chance to maybe talk about what's been going on in the red bull driver academy in our post show which we'll be doing after we've finished this uh 
part of the podcast. But first, um, if you are one of the 72% of people who aren't yet subscribed to the our YouTube channel, uh, please consider helping us out with a like and a subscribe. And if you've got five minutes, even whilst you're listening to this episode, why not take it over? Why not head over to um, Spotify or Apple Podcasts, wherever you get your podcasts, and leave us a five-star review? That'd be really helpful. Um, but yeah, so we go from Alpha Towery, Tom, and now we talk about their... The team that has been almost flawless this season, the race where the race weekend where they can actually wrap up the constructors' title, and they just look like they've had absolute. They looked at some points like the worst car on the grid. Usually, that spot is reserved for their sister team or Haas, not Red Bull. You know, Tom um, Max Verstappen obviously involved in three counts of alleged blocking. Um, Sergio Perez uh, binning it in on his running Q2. Um, they're currently set to start P13 and P11, uh, Perez being the behind one as usual. Um, tell me about Red Bull's qualifying session today. Have they ha- got any chance tomorrow? Of course they do, but have they got any chance tomorrow? Um, I mean, honestly, uh, I seriously think this is the first race where we're not going to have a Red Bull winner. Because if it was a circuit like Monza or Silverstone or wherever, and we've seen especially what Max can do when he picks his way through the field. You know, we saw it in Miami, for example. You know, he qualified, I think, something like P7 or whatever, and he picked his way through the field. We saw it in Belgium this year, last year. You know, we've seen it sorry, in Hungary last year, so we know how good he is at doing that. I really don't know for Singapore because... Almost like contradictory to what I just said about Piastri, you know, where it's like, oh, it's not that difficult to overtake. I'm not saying it's easy, but you know, and, and I'm not saying it's impossible because some people seem to think that it is, you know, it is absolutely impossible to get past it. It's not, you know, if Massa can do it sideways, you know, going going down into that hairpin, you know, then you know, then you must be able to do some form of overtake, you know, and he didn't even have to sue for that one, um, you know, and um, you know, it's just, you know. Max especially is going to have the bit between his teeth tomorrow because he was obviously seriously miffed today, and you can understand why. You know, you know, because because he you know, he he was out in traffic. I'm just refreshing the FIA website. Nothing yet, but Max has been summoned for three separate um, uh, instances. Of alleged impeding. blocking incidents. <laughs> so yes, yes, yeah, so it's alleged impeding. I mean, if you ask me, the the one that. We'll cover off the one that says between two seventeen and eighteen. That's the one at the end where we had about six or seven cars, and, and it, it's uh, the thing on TV said um, that it, uh, it, it said it was that like a, a number of drivers are going to be investigated. As for um, the one on Yuki, that's a slam dunk if you ask me. And as for the one on uh, at the pit the exit, pit yeah, I mean. If if uh, if Red Bull ever fold, JP can go straight into law because the way he because the the way he just shut Max up that was like a solicitor's answer. That was that was absolutely brilliant. So um yeah you know because Max is about to completely put himself in it. Um so yeah so I think both of those two will be a penalty and it's what three place good penalty for if it's a five place good penalty he's that's two instances he's dying last and. It's like you know, of of all of the, of the only circuit I could think of that would be worse um, for starting glass than here is Monaco. So, you know, he's you know he he set the record for for ten in a row. Yes, brilliant. Um, but that is almost like I'm saying this as a Red Bull fan. That's almost irrelevant coming into this weekend. You know, it's um if Red Bull want to do the clean sweep, they've got to pray for a blinking miracle tomorrow. 
because as it stands, I think we're either going to see Ferrari or Mercedes on that top step. I don't. I honestly, and this is a bit of a spoiler for my predictions. I don't think we're going to see a Red Bull on the podium at all tomorrow, which I never thought I would say this season. Let's you, you know, you know, you know, Perez, fair enough, but Max, I never thought I'd say that. And it's mad to think that Max's lowest finishing position this year is P two, and that's only been twice. So this could be the turning point for, for for the season, and this could be the spice, the Nando's extra hot sauce that this season needs because it's been completely plain so far. So come on, I'm all for it. Other brands of hot sauce are available, um, but yes, I mean apparently they have just left the stewards. So if we do get some form of breaking news, obviously we can address that. But ultimately, yeah, like if if any race is going to not have a Red Bull winner this season, this is the one that's currently lining up for it. And what it would also do is, you know, end their end Red Bull's, um, you know, record beating, um, you know, consecutive races in a row um, in terms of wins um, and, you know, ending that historic chain, like, that's something that they definitely don't want to happen. You know, Red Bull, of course, previously had, you know, the uh, records for this as well. But, yeah, um, I guess that kind of just makes them joint record winners um, in their own right anyway. But, yeah, so we'll move on to Alpine. And we've got Pierre Gasly, P12. We've got Esteban Ocon, P8. Brushing the wall in Q1, Joward. The screen said it was only one centimeter. It looked a bit closer than that. Um, but ultimately, you know, like that's the kind of attitude you've kind of got to take in Singapore. You've got to be up to the limit. You've got to be as close to the walls as you can get without brushing them just to get that extra speed. And of course, we're hearing all of this about Alpine being, you know, the slowest engine. You know, tell me about Alpine's qualifying. What can they do from where they are tomorrow? Well, first of all, it was a better qualifying than they had last time they had in Italy, where they both ended up eliminated in Q1. Uh, Gasly in a Red Bull sandwich for the moment. We um, hopefully, you know, we'll hear soon if that'll change. And yeah, Ocon, you know, really shaving the wall, brushing the wall, whatever you want to say, really extracting um, every little bit of uh, real estate he could. And, you know, as a result, I think eighth is quite impressive to see that Alpine up there. And Singapore, unlike your other street tracks, is, you know, a bit more of a power circuit because of the straights and having that extra straight there this year as well in the final sector. So, you know, it could be easy for their power deficiencies deficiencies to show up um but you know they seem to have done okay and as far as the race is concerned you know they seem to have the better race car i felt the alpines this season so there might be a bit of uh comfort for them on sunday as long as they stay out of trouble yeah definitely staying out of trouble staying out of each other's way you know the two things that alpine really need to make sure that they do tomorrow and who knows they might be able to um, capitalize on that and actually get some points back on that board um but tom we're going to look at Haas, who have had a very good qualifying really to, when you you know consider that it seems like they dropped off a lot in the recent weeks um hulkenberg currently p9 kevin magnuson p6 um 
they're bringing upgrades in a few uh, race time, apparently. But um, Magnussen still with a chance at the qualifying head-to-head because this would have been the race weekend for Hulkenberg to seal that. Um, you know, we're used to seeing Haas drop, Haas drop back in the race. So we're obviously ex- expecting that to happen tomorrow as well. But, you know, it's certainly a good showing today from the two, um, you know, Ferrari-powered cars. Yeah, I mean... You know, I think they did benefit a little bit with the with uh, Stroll's um, misfortune in Q1. That's as nice as I'm ever going to say that about him. Um, you know, because obviously that red flag did sort of curtail any further running. But you know, they did still get out of Q2 you know, on merit. You know, they they timed their runs well because track evolution was insane today. You know, it was what half a second or six tenths or something, which is absolutely mad for for track evolution. Um, so yeah, you know they, they they timed their runs well. They got good laps in. The Haas is generally all right in quality pace, but in race pace, that's where they just seem to go absolutely backwards. And like I, like I alluded to earlier, I think they will go backwards tomorrow. Uh, as he came out, sort of, you know, sort of. Yes, he's still in the head-to-head scrap with his teammate. Yeah, he is on paper, but that's like in the same way that Sergio Perez is in the title fight on paper. You know, Hulk has definitely got the measure of K-Mag when it comes to qualifying performances, as we've seen. Um, and, you know, Hulk has come back in after a year off into an unfamiliar car, you know, full-time, and, to be honest, made Luke Magnussen look quite averaged, let's be fair. Um, maybe I'm being a bit harsh, but I, I do think that's I do think that's what it's like. You know, you know, Hulk has come in. I was very skeptical of him coming in, but he's done an absolute bang up job in that car since since he's come uh, back into Formula One full time, and I think he's making um uh, yeah I I, th- I think he's making K Mag look quite ordinary. So Hulk's going to win that head to head, I would say, barring some divine intervention. Um, as as to the chances in the race, well, I mean. You know, again, you know the the kind of circuit it is. You know, they might be able to hold on, but there's like there's enough of a DRS straight. Certainly, you know that main one down Ruffles Boulevard. I think it's Ruffles Boulevard. I keep calling it that. I'm fairly certain. Um, you know, the, 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 there's enough of a run down there that you can actually overtake even with that uh, right hand kink in in the middle. So that house just absolutely destroys its tires. So I think those tires are going to fall off quite quickly. Um, it depends what they start on. I'd imagine they'll start on mediums. If they start on softs, they'll get absolutely chewed up and spat out by about lap six, I'd imagine. Um, so they could be in for a long afternoon tomorrow, especially in the heat and humidity of Singapore. You know, I think their car's going to struggle. The other thing we've got to think about is, you know, especially the Ferrari and the Alpine-powered cars, so the Ferrari-powered cars and Alpine, is in that kind of heat and humidity, um, are they going to overheat and go bang? Because we've seen that quite a few times. So I wouldn't be surprised if we see, you know, maybe Haas or someone go kaput at some point where the car just just exits stage left. Yeah, absolutely. And in terms of whether it is Raffles Boulevard or not, I honestly have no idea. Um, at this point, F1 circuits are all just a bunch of numbers, um, with a few exceptions. Um, but ultimately, yeah, um, Haas a good day today. Um. And questions over their performance tomorrow, as has kind of been their season. Um, but a team that, you know, have generally been better in race trim than qualifying, but could have potentially been on pole today, Joward. Uh, Mercedes with Hamilton in P5 and George Russell P2. So close in the end for George Russell, but um, has seemingly just had the measure over his teammate all weekend. Um, 
you know, and Russell ultimately being five tenths off his teammate. No, Hamilton being well, I mean, kind of, yeah. They're both they're both five tenths separated by five tenths, just with Russell ahead. Um, but could it have been Paul today? Um, and you know, what can they do tomorrow? Yeah, first of all, with uh, George, impressive time at the end there to be what zero point zero seven two off the pole, um, and. You know, when we were heading into those final stages, it looked in my eyes as a battle between the McLarens and the McLaren and the Ferraris. But um, Russell had to put the Mercedes in there. So, you know, just again, one of those sensational qualifying conclusions. It's It's been great the last few races, as I've said on a previous show as well. Um, but yeah, you know, having the measure over his teammate as well in, in Lewis Hamilton, it's been interesting following that over the last few Grand Prix as well. There was a bit of a question mark over Russell coming out of the mid-season break about whether, you know, this year he's kind of just uh, fallen behind his teammate a little bit. But He's also, you know, not had the best of luck when it comes to reliability either. So, you know, for him, this would be a big confidence boost. And I think, you know, just both Mercedes in general, when it comes to their race pace, like you alluded to, Rubes, is that, um, you know, they're going to look better than the likes of the Ferrari, sadly, uh, if you're a Ferrari fan. And uh, they do seem to work with their tyres a bit better as well. And I think even in in the post-qualifying interview with Carlos Sainz, he was saying that, yeah, Mercedes' strategy is always a bit different to what um, they do over at Ferrari. So it'll be interesting to see how that all pans out. But I think very much so both drivers could count themselves, you know, Russell definitely, but even Hamilton from fifth can count himself into contention for a podium. I mean, simply a good launch could put George Russell at the front and then from from then on, it's just manage the tyres to, you know, the end. And yeah, I mean, with Red Bull out of the picture, there are so many cars that would be lining up to take the win tomorrow, um, you know, as long as all things go smoothly. Um, but yeah, uh, Tom, another driver who will be wanting to make his name you know, put his name on the top step tomorrow. Lando Norris, P4, so close in the end, um, but coming down to two and a half tenths off pole. Um, but at one point, it looked like Lando Norris might have just snuck that special liveried McLaren, you know, on the front row ahead of um, Leclerc, ahead of George Russell, maybe even ahead of Sainz. But, you know, can he do something special tomorrow? Can he win it? Oh, man, I'd love it if Lando could win it. Wouldn't we all? But as for can Lando win it? Oh, it'll be a tough ask. Um, you know, I'm a yeah. That McLaren, it's a really good race car. Um, as for can oh can Lando win it? Oh man, it's one of it's one of those. But it's just the thing, right? This is what we've been saying about this 2023 season. With Red Bull out of the picture, it is so close. You know, if you look at how close, you know, just, you know, the top two were and, you know, the top three, you know, how close Ferrari, uh, Ferrari, McLaren and Mercedes are. And you know, Aston were in there before they fell off a cliff, thanks to Stroll. Um, it's, you know, it, it's, uh, it, it's, it's, it's so hard to say, you know, I, I honestly think this is going to be the first race this year where we don't have a Red Bull win. Um, and even... Half of me is like, you know, I want to see them win it because I want to see them do the clean sweep just because of what it'll mean for history. But the other half of me is like, 
you know, I, I want to see someone else win. I think Lando could win it. I think he would need things to go his way. Let's just hope it doesn't rain in the closing laps as well. You know, a little throwback to Russia 2021. Um, but, uh, you know, it's just, I think the Merc will be a better race car. Um, and the, the Ferrari, I think, has better outright pace, but is a bit worse on its tyres. So it's really hard to say. Um, I'm going to say he could win it. I'm not going to say I think he will. But I, each, I reckon he could get a podium tomorrow. I really do. Staying on the fence there in terms of whether the win's possible, just so that you can't get it wrong. Just so you can't get it wrong. Um, exactly. Yeah, but Joe, a team that have often been on the fence in terms of their strategies this season, uh, let's talk about Ferrari. So they've got Leclerc in P3, who said it wasn't good enough today, despite only being seven hundredths off his teammate, who did get pole. Um, and that has kind of been the story of when Carlos Sainz has got pole. It's always been just quite close, like um, between him and Leclerc, just ultimately... Carlos Sainz just edging it by a couple of hundredths. Um, but I think it's fair to say that Carlos Sainz has been the driver that, you know, has looked as though he would be the one to put it on pole out of the two. But can he win tomorrow? What can what can Ferrari throw at Carlos Sainz tomorrow to stop him from winning? Uh, you know, their usual strategy antics, probably, and tyre wear, all, all the things that have kind of made Ferrari the maligned um outfit that they've been over the last couple of years no i honestly um i earlier in the year I, and i'm happy to admit that i said multiple times that i feel like ferrari are so far away from winning a race this season that you know i'm going back on that and saying wow you know they're actually in a position not like Monza where, you know, Verstappen was inevitable that, you know, in this situation they have a genuine opportunity to win. It's just now up to them not to sort of mess it up as they have done. And signs for him to, you know, put his name out there as being kind of the lead driver uh, in this situation as well. I mean, Leclerc said, I think there was a glimpse of a, or just a little snippet of a radio message after his final flying lap. And it was something to, you know, something similar to the, I am stupid message that's famous from him in, in a past race. I can't remember which one, Um, but yeah, you know, that just shows you how close they are, but, what signs is getting out of the car. There you go, Baku 2019. How could I have forgotten? Um, signs is just getting more out of the car. And it's a shame that, you know, it's not a car that's in the championship contention because that's where I'd love to see both these drivers really up there. But, you know, while they're fighting over minor points placings in the top five or whatever, um, is signs going to really get the credit that he deserves this season? Who knows? I mean, he's driving like a driver who's, you know, pretty confident of where his future lies, whether it's with Ferrari or with Audi, as has been rumoured in, in 2026 and whatnot. But he's doing an exceptional job at the moment. And, you know, if there is a Ferrari driver that deserves to win the Grand Prix tomorrow, then it has to be Carlos Sainz. So good on the smooth operator. And, um, you know, hopefully we will hear the Spanish national anthem tomorrow. Anything about the Dutch anthem, I'm sure everyone will be happy with. I mean, I think the odds on the Dutch national anthem playing tomorrow have got to be so fine 
Um, maybe we should check with uh, our sponsor. Um, but let's uh, let's move on to some predictions then for tomorrow. Now, I'm going to throw my own hat in the ring here. I, you know, normally when I'm hosting, I'll leave it to just uh, my fellow panelists. But um, I'm going to go with a podium prediction tomorrow. And I'm going to put George Russell on the top step. I think Mercedes have got the better race car. Um, but I am going to put uh carlos uh no i'm gonna put charles leclerc in p2 because ferrari are going to mess up their strategy and charles leclerc is gonna get past tom let's take it over to you what's your podium prediction for tomorrow please um i'm gonna say signs p1 russell p2 and lando p and joward well continue backing the smooth operator so i'll go signs for the win uh lando p2 so we can have carl lando on the podium together and let's say george russell p3 wow and moving on to podium no podiums bold predictions i feel so tired uh moving on to bold predictions um i'm gonna drop a mic and say red bull to not finish in the points tom your bold prediction please i know you just want that to happen i think that's maybe a bit bold um i am gonna say Law- uh, liam lawson to finish in the points and i know that might sound like something but the alpha tari isn't not that good and he's only in the third race he's qualified p10 so i think he can finish in the points well, I mean, when you also throw in the context of Alpha Tauri have had more drivers and they've had points finishes this season, you know, a, an Alpha Tauri finishing in the points in Singapore, no less, that's got to be quite bold. Jared, your bold prediction, please. <laughs> I think both of you guys kind of took what I was going to say. So I'm going to combine them, but then kind of up the ante and say, Neither Red Bull will finish the race, and we will see Lawson in the points. Wow! So Can that's we get the a odds real on mic that, drop, <laughs> mic drop right there. Wow! I thought I thought you were going to say like double points for Alpha Tauri and no points for uh, Red Bull, but <laughs> yeah, I think I think if Yuki managed to get past you know a non-penalized Red Bull, um, and both Red Bulls were then to not finish in the points, that'd be insane. Um, but yes, uh, at this point now as well, we'll give an opportunity to do a bit of promotion. So Tom Downey, you are, um, as well as being a Grid Talk co-host, you, uh, one of the hosts of Formula Talk. Yes, I am. Um, I do that with Sophia. She's one of the pandas here on Grid Talk. Uh, we, it's a little bit more sporadic, you know, because we sort of ebb and flow with the F2, F3 and F1 Academy seasons. Um, and obviously, you know, F F three is done, and F two only has one race left, which is not until Abu Dhabi. So, you know, there's a little while in, until until we have that. So we're on a we're on a little bit of a uh, little bit of a break at the moment. Um, yeah. So uh, Formula Talk, you can find that everywhere you find Grid Talk. Do you want me to do the Grid Talk plug? Nah, well, I'll do I'll do Grid Talk myself. Um... See, what I, see what I mean? <laughs> chat? I always get demoted. Always get demoted. Um, like maybe Max Verstappen might. Um whilst we are waiting for some um, breaking news, potentially. Jawad, um, hit the apex, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah, um, so find it on all the good podcast platforms, your Apple, your Spotify, Amazon, and whatnot. Um, I also write articles for a website called The Raw and do live blogs of the Grand Prix for them too, so check them out. And, um, yeah, if I can't plug the Grid Talk show, because that's your job, Ruby, I'll um, give a shout-out to Formula Talk as well because, yeah, Sophia and Tom do an excellent job, but as do all the lovely hosts and guests on the Grid Talk show. Too kind, Jared. 
too kind. Um, yes, and if you want to hear anything more from me, you can find me on the socials at Rubes or Rubes001. Um, but yes, Grid Talk, as my job has been uh, delegated um, from you know the racing gods, uh, is available on YouTube where most episodes are recorded live, as well as Amazon Fire, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Apple Music, Verbal and Pocket Casts. Just search for Formula One Grid Talk uh, for our huge back catalogue of shows with previews and reactions to qualifying and the race results. Also, make sure you subscribe so you're the first to know when each new weekly episode is released. We'll be back tomorrow to review the race results of the Singapore Grand Prix. Um, and, you know, as to whether we will have a different race winner this season, um, I guess we'll find out. Thank you very much for listening to the Grid Top podcast presented by Bet Online. And goodbye. <laughs>